Money FM 89.3. Best of breakfast. Morning shot. Good morning. I'm Lin Li Fu, and you're listening to the Earth Day edition of Morning Shot. As part of a global call to take concerted action against climate change, we cast our eye to recent weather events in Asia. Aside from heat waves in India, Singapore has seen the mercury rise above 36 degrees Celsius in the first half of this month, with the warmth predicted to stay for the rest of April. Meanwhile, across Asia, sandstorms are plaguing northern China and they have spread across the sea, shrouding skies in South Korea and bringing the first yellow dust to Tokyo since 2021. Thailand's air pollution crisis is also deepening amid seasonal crop burning. So for a deeper analysis and all that, we're joined by Associate Professor Steve Yim at NTU Singapore's Asian School of the Environment. He is also a member of the Global Air Pollution and Health Technical Advisory Group of the World Health Organization. Welcome to the show, Professor. Good morning, Nini. A very good morning to you. Now, how would you assess Singapore's latest heat wave? It's really, really getting unbearably hot. How big a shift have we seen over the past decade? And can we attribute it to climate change? Oh, yeah. Uh, first of all, when we talk about climate change, there are two things that we uh, care most. One is the overall mean situation. And the second one is the extreme cases. Mm. So in Singapore, we did uh, experience around like, 0.2 to 0.3 increase in temperature per decade. But that is for the long-term mean. However, when we talk about like heat wave is episode, so we are talking about relatively extreme cases. So first of all, when we talk about like how uh, heat wave, uh, we are talking about three consecutive like days with the temperature at least like 35 degrees Celsius. And then the daily mean temperature should be uh, at least 29 degrees Celsius. So when we experience heat wave, so typically it is caused by the uh, drier environment. So what we drive us to have such kind of drier environment in Singapore, for example, uh, El Nino phenomenon happen because the El Nino uh, would drive us to have the relatively weaker trade wind and such that we have the uh, environment who have the larger scale subsidence of the air such that we have less rainfall, just like for example, the typical example, 2016, we still have the experience. We have a very polluted situation and also a heat wave happened in 2016. So how should individuals and businesses brace for even warmer temperatures or more extreme conditions as climate change intensifies? So for the personal level, uh, we can do this when the heat wave is happen. We have to avoid or try to avoid or reduce the outdoor activities or direct exposed to the uh, like sunlight during the noon time, especially for the uh, like people with the uh, chronic disease, because the exposed to the heat can cause uh, like symptoms. For example, like heat exhaustion mm. and also the heat uh, stroke. That would be a uh, like a very vulnerable group to exposed to the high temperature. And then we should drink more water, mm-hmm. and that would can help us to remove the heat from our body. Uh, as some of you mentioned, like eat ice cream, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, as long as you feel better, you can do that. But ice cream is not a, a healthy food, <laughs> even though I like it too. What about air quality? Singapore has seen some small fluctuations over the last week with PSI hitting the 70s on certain days. How concerned mm. should we be about this? So air pollution is driven by uh, two major things. One is the emissions. 
and the other one is the uh, weather and climate. So for the episode that we experienced in the past two weeks is related to the largest scale air stagnation and subsidence over uh, Singapore and the surrounding area due to a uh, phenomenon what we call it as a uh, modern junior uh, oscillation, which is uh, to a certain extent similar to the El Nino, but it's a moving phenomenon. It happened in the uh, like two weeks scale, so this will always call it as uh, a intra-seasonal tropic climate variability. We call it as MJO because uh, with the correct location of the MJO uh, phenomenon happen, air will sink from the higher level to the ground level. So you will form, uh, we will find that the air will be warmer and drier and also suppress the rainfall. So for example, that in afternoon 15th April to 16th April, we experience very high PM2.5 over east, south and central and also high ozone in north because of the, you can find the wind condition. We have a very weak wind. We are talking 8 km per hour, which mm-hmm. is very low for the uh, air uh, dispersion. And also the air is suppressed to the ground level such that we cannot remove the uh, pollutant to the upper level. And eventually we will experience uh, a lot of like the uh, air pollution problem. So that we need more data to talk about like how the wind structure in the upper level. So that's why we our research now is uh, building a uh, three-dimensional real-time atmospheric mo- uh, monitoring system. We call it as three dreams to use several Doppler LiDAR emits the laser to the upper level to measure how the wind and aerosol, uh, like the profile in the upper level, such that we can understand more about such kind of subsidence or even transboundary air pollution issue in Singapore. Coming back to what you were talking about, the MJO, uh, without getting too technical, can you tell us the major differences between that and El Nino? Because the El Nino is a uh, relatively longer um, phenomenon. We are talking over a season. We happen typically in winter all the way like to the uh, early of uh, one year, for example, like February. So one of the typical example would be uh, last year, that December we experienced uh, very uh, like a lot of the rainfall amounts, which is due to the counterpart of the Nino. We call it as a Naninia. So this is a relatively longer term. But for the MJO, Modern Julian Oscillation, which will happen in the scale of two weeks. So this is why we call it as an intra-seasonal tropical uh, climate uh, variability. It happened just two weeks such that in the past two weeks, we are affected by the MGL such that we have a relatively shorter time with a larger scale subsidence of the air. So this is one of the important phenomenon to suppress rainfall. So we don't have like too much rainfall in the last two weeks. It's due to the MGL. Coming back to air quality and as the haze season draws closer, do you think we should expect air quality to worsen in Singapore? So according to our research, so typically if we are experienced El Nino year with what we call as a positive phase of Indian Ocean Dipole, which is a similar phenomenon but happened in the Indian Ocean part, that 
both together would enhance the air pollution in Singapore, for example, in 2015. So according to the uh, uh, multiple climate models in different organizations over the world, we all project to have uh, El Nino and also the positive IOD in this year. So that is the uh, very bad combination for the air quality in Singapore, even in the Southeast Asia. So we will expect to have more air pollution exposure, uh, air pollution uh, episode, especially the uh, transboundary pollution when the wind condition and emission match to the uh, condition. One of the examples I just mentioned, uh, we still have an experience or a memory that in uh, October in 2015, the uh, PM215 can hit up to like 400 or more microgram per meter cube due mm. to the uh, transboundary so which is the, also the uh, under the effect of the El Nino and positive IOD together in October. Overall, would you say air pollution is getting worse in Asia? And in turn, does that have a significant impact on climate change? Yes, yeah, so well, we are talking about like the overall like air pollution concentration level. We do see PM215 for the uh, long-term perspective is decreasing. That is banned for the emission reductions in the region and even in China, especially, we do see an obvious reduction in PM2.5 concentration. But at the same time, we also find PM2.5 concentration is still high, even though it's reducing, we still need more effort to reduce the PM2.5 concentration level. However, when we are looking at the reduction of PM2.5, we also overlook another important air pollutant, which is the ozone. Mm-hmm. So when I talk about ozone, it's not the upper level ozone which protects us from the UV exposure. We are talking ground level ozone, which is a toxic uh, air pollutant to our uh, respiratory the, uh, system. So we do see in the region, in Asia or even over, uh, over the world, there are so many regions that we have a obvious increase in ozone concentration level because of the uh, chemistry, the nonlinear chemistry that would when we reduce the PM pool on fire by reducing mm. uh, nitrogen oxide emissions from vehicles, for example, and the uh, ozone trigation effect would drive the ozone to increase. So that is the uh, uh, problem that we expect to uh, happen in the coming like five to 10 years. So we have to think about how we can control the PM2.5 at the same time we get the cold effect to also reduce ozone together. So we need more research to understand uh, the ozone chemistry, especially under the climate change effects, because um, the climate is no longer like what we experienced before because the climate would become more extreme, more hotter, and more like the uh, different situation will happen, enhance the the, uh, El Nino happen, such that the ozone chemistry would, in the region example, that we experienced in the last two weeks, um, so that would be a problem in different regions over the world, including Southeast Asia. Okay, Prof, before we let you go, we've seen governments ramp up efforts to tackle climate change along with that uh, from businesses, NGOs. But from your perspective as an atmospheric scientist, are these current efforts enough to make an impact significant to overturn climate change? So first of all, when we talk about climate change, is a relatively larger scale phenomenon and also take longer term to have the effect if we reduce, for example, one unit of carbon dioxide emission. So the benefit may not happen only in, uh, in the country that we uh, reduce the CO2 emission. 
So this is, first of all, that we, we have to understand. We cannot just fight for the climate change by one individual country. So we need the collaborative effort all together to reduce the uh, carbon dioxide or greenhouse gases emissions over the world, not only one country, but all the countries. So I can see that in Singapore that the uh, effort to fight for the climate change, for example, like implementing carbon prices since 2019, uh, implementing the carbon tax. So at the same time, also deport like at least two um, gigawatt peak of uh, solar energy by 2030. So I can see a lot, like at least of the uh, strategies for um, mitigating the climate change. However, we have to think about also plan B. So if we cannot stop the climate change, what we should do such that we can mitigate and even adopt the climate change impact. So nowadays we always find that the uh, impact from climate change on our like, society is still uh, unknown. We have a lot of the research gaps still happening here. So that's why in our research, uh, especially in NTU, we have a, a new climate initiatives at the Earth Observatory of Singapore. We plan to design new approaches for the climate change adaptation and mitigations. So for example, we will understand how climate change will impact to human health, our society, biodiversity, finance, etc. Using the uh, state-of-the-art technology such as like remote sensing, like satellite retrieval method, and artificial intelligences. And also we collaborate with the government agencies together to improve our understanding of the uh, climate change on the uh, society, especially how we can mitigate the problems if we know how big the problem is, how fast the problem would happen, so such that we can support the uh, um, environmental management in Singapore here and also different standards at the same time. Thank you very much for your insights, Prof, and for your efforts in tackling climate change as well. We've been speaking with Associate Professor Steve Yim at NTU Singapore's Asian School of the Environment. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download the SPH Radio app available on Google Play or the App Store.